Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, I hope you are having a very lovely day today. And I'm really excited to be with you again. It's been a very busy, very crazy summer. We went on a big vacation. I don't know if I mentioned it before we left, but we went on a big vacation. My family does these huge vacations every summer. I mean huge, but they're just, uh, we do a lot in the span of a couple of weeks. And my husband plans these big trips for us and, and it was quite adventurous. And so I've spent the past couple of weeks probably recovering from our vacation. Uh, We had a lot of adventure on it. I'll I'll give you just a couple highlights. We got stuck in a covered wagon during a massive thunderstorm in South Dakota because we were sleeping in covered wagons like you do on vacation. And then another exciting moment was when we got to go exploring in a cave that Laura Ingalls Wilder's daughter Rose used to play in. We went to go visit their home in um, Missouri. And we found this cave. My husband just does tons of research on our vacations and heard in the comments of some website about a cave. And so in order to find this cave, we literally needed to go ask some guy that lived in a trailer who sent us to some house back down this dirt road. And we knocked on the door and like a dog came to the door and we actually went inside. Not sure that was the wisest thing, but we did. And we had to give this guy our names and ages in case we didn't come out. Of the cave and we then went into the cave just our little family we had headlamps and flashlights and there was water all through the cave and we went in so deep that uh when we turned the lights off it was pitch black it was really fun a little bit scary but it was a fantastic memory um and so anyway big vacation we had, we had a wonderful wonderful time and the summer has just flown by since then So I hope the summer's been going great for you. Today, we are actually talking with Kayla Amy. And, you know, she embarked on this whole journey of motherhood in one of the worst ways possible. She spent nearly a year in the hospital with her her very first and her newborn daughter. And just the, the lessons that she learned along the way and the journey and the way that she emerged the other side full of courage and hope is just really inspiring. And I know you're going to enjoy listening to her on the podcast today. Um, And then speaking of fearless women, I wanted to bring to light to you guys an organization that I don't know if you've heard of. It's called Fair Trade Friday. And it's a really, really cool organization because what they do, it's kind of like, I think, Birchbox, where you get like a special box every month and it has all these goodies in it. But the cool thing about Fair Trade Friday is that they're all goodies made by women in other countries and they're fairly paid And so they're able to earn a wage and earn an income and support their families. And you get their goods. You know, I got a really adorable purse and a bracelet and some 
fantastic smelling soap and just this really neat little gift box and stuff that I can actually use and that is really neat and honestly some of it is so cute especially the purse that I know people are going to be asking me about it and I get to talk about it and it's such a wonderful way for us to support women in situations you know raising their kids just around the world in different countries and I would encourage you to go check them out it's Fair Trade Friday dot club and it's i think it's founded by the same people that do um mercy house kenya i'm not sure if you're familiar with that Kristen welch she's been on the podcast before and truly one of the people i admire most in the online world amazing woman amazing organizations i highly encourage you to check them out you know if not for yourself it's a great gift to give to somebody so fairtradefriday.club um and then of course this podcast would not be possible without plantoeat.com. They're the only thing really that's been scheduled all summer um, that's kept me on schedule as far as meals and going shopping and stuff. So I love their service. I love their company. If you go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action, you'll get a free trial. And then also if you go to mealplanningbootcamp.com, I've created a bunch of videos to get you jump started on plan to eat to get you already in a week and have a meal plan process that you can use over and over and over again. So definitely go check that out. And uh, without any further ado, let's jump into our interview today with Kayla Amy. Hey, Kayla, how are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me today. I am super excited you could be on the podcast. I was uh, watching your video that you have on your blog, and I wasn't really expecting it because your book is kind of about a, a heavy, slightly heavy story. And um, you're really funny. <laughs> I loved your sense of humor and your comments, especially the little outtakes at the end of the video. So you guys listening, you have to head over to her blog and check out the video. The The link will be in the profile. Um, or the link will be in the post and you have to check it out. It's I mean, it's just good. But then it's it was so unexpectedly funny. I love your sense of humor. Oh, great. I'm so glad you think that. We tried to put a lot of humor in the book to balance out the heavy topic. So, Well, so good. I loved it. So for everybody listening, I would love for you to just tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I'm Kayla Amy, and I live in Georgia um, with my husband and our daughter, Scarlett. She's four. Um, I stay home with her and write the blog as my full-time job. And then we have a little 16-year-old chihuahua named Lucy Dog who makes a lot of appearances in my life, in my posts. Now, 16-year-old thats is that a record of any sort? That sounds really old. My, um, my husband's other dog was like uh, 18 or 19. That was a chihuahua. So I feel like his family maybe has the touch. some sort of, yeah. They're the dog whisperers. Yeah. I was like, wow. I, I mean, he, you know, I married into having this dog and I did not expect to have it for so long, but I love her. She's a big part of our lives. That's pretty amazing. I'm imagining this little kind of Yoda looking really wise sage little dog because she's so, is it a he or she? A she, and you're right. She looks just like Yoda. She's like white. And so. Awesome. Okay. So you recently wrote a book and um, it's kind of about how you got into this whole journey of motherhood, but it wasn't quite what you expected. Tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah. So I had known from the time I was a teenager that um, I was going to have problems with infertility. So we were married for maybe four and a half years when we found out we were pregnant and it was completely unexpected. Um, so we were really, really excited about that. 
Um, and then 25 weeks into my pregnancy, I had an emergency C-section and delivered my daughter. Um, and she weighed one pound, eight and a half ounces when she was born. So it didn't look anything like I thought it might look like, you know, when you envision being pregnant and having a baby, it all, it all mm-hmm. happened very much um, in a way that was out of my control. So was that something that it was like an emergency situation or did you kind of know that things were heading a certain way and they decided it was time? How did that work? Yeah, it was a bit of both. I went into labor at 24 and a half weeks. Um, So I just had a weird feeling and I felt like, you know, I need to just follow my instinct and go see the doctor. Something doesn't feel right. I, I didn't know what it was, but it just felt off. Um, and when I got there, I was very surprised to find out I was actually in active labor. So that's why I didn't feel myself. Um, and so I was in the hospital on bed rest for several days. Um, and they managed to stop labor the first time. But then once I hit 25 weeks, I started up again and they couldn't stop at that time. And I had an emergency C-section. She was breech. Um, and the strength of my contractions, they were too strong for her being as small as she was. So they had to get her out very quickly. So were you prepared at all for something like this happening or was you were you totally blindsided by it? We were totally blindsided by it. Yeah. And so suddenly you're in the hospital for an extended period of time. How did that work just to, even from a practical sense? Like you, you know your husband has to go to work and then you're at the hospital and and how you know how did how did life keep going for you? Yeah, it it almost feels like its own time capsule. Like Um, We were there for 156 days and we transferred from our, one of our hospitals to uh, the big children's hospital for surgery. And when we did that, um, it was an hour and a half from our home. So my husband and I didn't even see each other until the weekend. Um, You know, he would come down on the weekends, but he still had to go to work and I was living full time at the hospital. And the hospital actually doesn't have a place for you to stay with your baby. They just have this big open room full of cots and like two bathrooms that you share with all the other parents whose babies are in the NICU. So it's like super ideal when you're postpartum. (laughs) Like, so I was living in this like big giant open room and eating hospital food and only seeing my husband on the weekends. And I think really that was part of the trauma on additional to her being so critically ill, this like disconnect from the world. I was very isolated. So did you have, I mean, was that, I mean, a lot of times after we have baby, people have postpartum like depression or issues or, or, or just struggles. How did that play into it? Because I know at least for me, I can be a little bit introverted and especially when I'm not feeling well or there's a stressful situation, I need my own little enclosed space just to, I don't know, just to regroup. And you're in this giant room and not eating normal food and not even with your husband. How did that impact you emotionally? Yeah, I had a lot of, um, I just, I think I was feeling very raw. You know, everything sort of chafed. Even when people meant well, I think it hurt just because I didn't have any space to myself to process what was happening. And how did it impact your um, relationship with the Lord? I think through the through the whole thing, I was very angry for a while. I didn't understand why that had happened, especially it felt especially painful um, seeing that we had gone through so much to try to have a baby, you know, mm-hmm. um, only to maybe lose her. 
And so I was questioning a lot. I spent a lot of time just like, why is this happening? Why, why do things like this happen? And then being surrounded by a lot of loss, you know, um, of other babies in the NICU feeling like, why does this happen at all to anybody? Mm -hmm. Um, So it sent me into a place where I really had to examine what I believed and why I believed it and what the base of my faith was. You know, um, I I discovered, I think, that that I had maybe wrapped a lot of religion around what I believed when really the, the one thing that was core was the very base of my belief was that God was constant and that God was faithful no matter what. Now, a friend of mine um, went through some really challenging situation, and um, I mean, she she shares about it. She was in a foreign country, and she found out her her father had um, committed suicide, and she was um, not with family or anything. And she was in this phone booth, and somebody had called to tell her, and and she said this phrase that has always stuck with me whenever you know unexpected things happen. And she said, um, it sounded funny at first, but she said, my top button is buttoned. And and the idea was, is that she'd heard this sermon from this guy who said that, you know, whenever you're, you're buttoning your shirt, if that top button is buttoned, everything else lines up perfectly. And, mm-hmm. and, and that top button is remembering that God is good. And if we can yes. remember that, then everything else lines up. Everything else eventually comes into place and, and, and feels, um, you know, not not happy, not not perfect or anything like that, but it feels right. And um, it sounds like that's something that you came to as well in the whole journey. Yeah, I think one of the reasons we ended up titling the book Anchored was because a big theme through the whole journey was the idea of the verse that says, you know, we have this hope as the anchor for our soul. So for me during that time, it felt like everything that I held very dear in my life was broken. Like, um, Scarlett, she was, her legs were broken during the delivery from the strength of my contractions. My body had broken. My marriage was, was struggling because of us being so far apart and going through something so hard. And, and I felt like my faith was broken, you know? So I just felt like everything I held dear had just fallen apart. But the one thing that held strong and the one thing that was unchanging in the middle of all of that chaos was that God was faithful and that God was constant and that God didn't change even when everything else was changing. And so it's that same sort of idea that even though it didn't feel good, I didn't feel happy. I didn't have that like, oh, but God's got this feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, I was pretty mad, but I did feel comforted knowing that I had stability there, that Mm -hmm. I could question and that that wasn't going to change who God was to me, even, even when I was struggling. That's so good. So when you were struggling, what was the hardest part of that whole journey? Um, there were a couple of things. There were days that Scarlett had to be resuscitated, and that's mm-hmm. the hardest thing I've ever witnessed. Um, those were very, very traumatic moments. Another thing that I personally struggled with a lot was um, when the alarms would ring out for a baby that was coding. You have this feeling of like, dear God, please don't let that be my baby, mm-hmm. Right. But then that means that somebody else's baby and you don't want that either. And it's a horrible tension to live in. And so I think the collective trauma of that daily um, for so long when I was alone um, was really what was the most damaging for me, just trying to live in this place where that's what life was like all the time. The people who their calling is to be, you know, doctors and nurses are just amazing that they can heal in that kind of environment. So you obviously cannot be the same person after an experience like this. Um, what is one of the things 
the biggest ways that you changed on the other side of this whole journey? Um, I think that first I had such a tangible um, glimpse of how fragile and fleeting life is. You know, Scarlett, when she was born, she fit in my hand, her whole body. And, um, but she was very much just full of life. You know, she would, she would look for my voice and her eyes weren't even open yet. They were still fused shut, but she knew my voice because I was her mom. So she would look for me, you know? And so I was able to kind of see how fragile and fleeting it is in this, in this way of what my baby looked like, you know? And that made me just want to pour out all of the love I had to give for as long as I had it. If it was going to be an hour or, you know, a lifetime. I wanted to love fully. That was very, very important to me. Um, and I still feel that way now. I still feel like I know that our breaths are limited and um, I don't want to waste any of them. I just want to love my people well during the time I have them. Was it a journey to balance between recognizing how fragile life can be through that experience and yet not walking in fear? Yeah, I don't want to be super overprotective. And I feel a little bit haunted by, you know, how sick she was. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. It's it's the biggest balance I probably have as a mom, not wanting that to rub off on her either. Because I want to teach her how to be brave, you know. Um, so, but I, I also know after going through that, that, that I, my strength comes in my weakness. You know, that when I'm having those moments and I fear, feel fearful, like that's when God is strong for me. So I don't have to do it by myself. Now, was there a turning point, like a, something that happened that suddenly everything started getting better or was it, was it more of a gradual improvement? No, it was all very gradual. I think a lot of the lessons I learned came in hindsight as I processed and, um, and as we went through the healing process and as my husband and I worked on our marriage, um, I think it all sort of just sort of like life, you know, I didn't have like a big moment of revelation. I just had a lot of small moments that all, when you looked at them all together, looked very miraculous. Um, So I would love to know about the day that you got to bring Scarlett home. Was that something that, you know, you knew on on this certain date you were going to be able to bring her home? Or was it more like the doctor said, maybe in a couple days, maybe in a couple days? And then was that, you know, a big party or was it um, something that was a very kind of sweet, somber family time? Yeah, it was. It was so great. It was such a great day, but we didn't know it was going to happen. They just told us it might be in the next couple of weeks. And then one day we got there and they said, spend the night tomorrow night. You can take her home the next day. So um, we had to spend the night at the hospital. They had to watch us, you know, like because she came home on machines and feeding tubes. So they had to watch us overnight and make sure that we could take care of her well. Um, and then she was in quarantine for the first two years she came home. So we couldn't actually have people come meet her or have a big party or anything like that. It was just the grandparents, but they put balloons on our mailbox. And, um, so it was very sweet. And it was, for me, it was the first time my baby in six months had had her first breath of fresh air, Mm -hmm. you know? So just Mm -hmm. walking out of the hospital with her for the first time, instead of leaving her behind was a huge wonderful moment for me. Um, but then it was also just a tiny bit frightening because then I was all by myself without the nurses doing things like feeding tubes and stuff. I can't even imagine. Wow. Uh, so did you have like nurses come and visit you and check on you or were you kind of on your own? 
we did. We had a nurse come to the house every day for a while, which was nice because I really needed someone to talk to. I was like, I'm sorry. I know I'm talking your ear off, but you're like the only adult that that's, I've seen in days. So I would imagine that when you were in the hospital, even though you did have to be in this big room with all these people, you had plenty of people I would hope to process with. Yeah. You know, our home hospital, our nurses were amazing and they would just sit and rock babies with me and talk. And so I, um, I actually discovered when we came home that I missed them. You know, we were in the quarantine at home and I didn't have anyone. Whereas when we were in the hospital, I got to chit chat with the nurses all day long. So, so how is Scarlett doing now? You said she was in quarantine for two years. Um, Is that, is her health still impacted from the whole ordeal or where is she now? It is, but we're really lucky. She is four now, and she's very healthy. Um, she has, you know, sensitive lungs and sensitive immune system. So in the winter and the fall during, you know, flu season, she tends to get pretty sick, and we end up sometimes in the hospital. But this was the first year we didn't have a hospital stay, so we're really thrilled with how well she's doing. And um, she's feisty and so funny, so she's really such a blessing in our lives. And is that something that she'll eventually grow out of, or is that something that she kind of needs to learn to adjust to? Yeah, it's hard to tell still at her age. Some some grow out of it. Some, you know, they diagnosed her with asthma recently, so she might have asthma forever. She might outgrow it. So we'll see. Wow. Well, I mean, after a journey like that, I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty, um, not small price to pay, but a pretty small ramification of yeah, being born it's at mild. one pound. Yeah. 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 Considering, you know, when she was born, they gave us terrible statistics, yes. you know, and they, for her chances of survival, and they told us, you know, that th- there was a very high chance that she might be blind or very, very developmentally delayed. And so, um, you know, we were expecting to bring home a, a child that had a lot of special needs. And so it turned out very differently than we anticipated. Well, it sounds like she's a fighter. And um, I, when I was reading your your blog, um, you share a little bit about how the whole experience makes you want to kind of embrace life and face your fears. And you talked about mountain climbing and facing your fear of heights. And I would love to know a little bit of background on that. Yeah. So I just, I think I had this moment of feeling like life is too short for me to just go around and not experience new things because I'm afraid because I was afraid to do a lot of things in the hospital. I was afraid to put down a feeding tube. I was afraid to hold a baby that only weighed a pound, you know, and those were all such rewarding experiences. And I want to raise Scarlett to chase after, you know, things that she's passionate about. So in the last year, I've been challenging myself to do things that maybe I would have been afraid to do before, but really embrace them. So yeah, we went, we went rock climbing up the side of a mountain and it was terrifying, but it was so beautiful and wonderful when we got to the top. So it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I totally right. I'm not a fan of heights at all. We, we get, my husband and I go on these big vacations and it inevitably involves some sort of scenic drive which usually consists of my kids putting on those C-bands, you know, those motion sickness <laughs> things, and me closing my eyes, not enjoying the view, and hoping my husband doesn't enjoy the view too much because he's driving. Right. So I'm not. Heights, uh, you know, we, we've talked before about going to the Grand Canyon, and I'm like, you know, if we go to the Grand Canyon, my kids are uh, 13, 11, and 8. I'm going to need to put those, you know, those backpack leashes that they put on toddlers yes. in order for me to enjoy a Grand Canyon vacation. I'm going to need to put my kids on those because it would just totally stress me out to have them, you know, 
near a wow, one mile deep cliff. Edge. Oh gosh, right. yes, me too. <laughs> we were so lucky and we were able to go to Ireland. My husband and I sort of, you know, as part of investing in our marriage and we went to Ireland um, over St. Patrick's Day. And so we're driving along the side of this cliff overlooking the ocean. There's no guardrails <laughs> and it's winding and I am just freaking out. And my husband is like, this is the best day of my life. There's like no speed limit. This is like all my fast and furious dreams coming true. And I like, I love you so much right now. I can't look, I can't look. But when we got to the top, the view was worth it. But I was, I was really anxious about it. Uh, we, I don't do heights well either. I experienced that same thing that we were on the Pacific Coast Highway. And oh. I was like, why do Californians not invest in guardrails? I don't <laughs> understand this. Because if you sneeze, if you sneeze, it's over. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Oh, so, okay. So what are some of the other things uh, that you tried that were new this past year? Yeah. So, well, flying to Ireland was one because it was the first time we've actually left Scarlet Mm -hmm. and, you know, leaving the country and all that sort of thing. So that was kind of a a mom brave moment for me, right? It's so scary to leave your kids on another continent. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially when you're with your husband. Yeah. That's kind of even scarier. Are her uh, grandparents or anything, were you leaving her with people that she really knew and that knew exactly how to take care of her? Or was that a little nerve wracking as well? Yeah. She stayed with both sets of grandparents. So it was like the best vacation Mm. ever for her, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but um, which was comforting to me, but, you know, just still very nerve wracking. Um, So, yeah. And then um, we've been learning how to um, like bake our own bread and stuff, which has been just a really fun experiment and trying something new. So I did a lot of different little things just to try to, I don't know, experience new things and try to make life really full. So I love it. So for the moms listening that, um, maybe are in the midst of going through a journey and they're questioning things and they're wondering, you know, if God is good. Uh, what encouragement would you give to them? What advice would you give to them? I would say definitely to um, to take the time to invest in yourself and self-care. You know, I think part of the reason I struggled so much was because I was so incredibly focused on my baby. And it feels at the time like you can't focus on anything else, not yourself, not your marriage, not anything else, you know. Um, and the nurses kept trying to tell me, like, you need a little time for you. Um, which just felt like I can't do that, you know, but it really is important. It's important to take care of yourself, to give of yourself as a mom to your child, and also to have that time to let God speak into you, you know, because I think when I did that was when I really found my confidence and my footing in motherhood, because I felt like I was created to be this little baby's mom, you know, like I prayed for this child and she was meant for me. Um, and that sort of helped me get over some of those new mom fears Mm -hmm. by taking that time to really let God speak into my motherhood. So for other moms listening who maybe have friends who are having, who've had preemies or uh, um, other moms in that situation, what, how can we help? How can we, you know, jump in? Can we come and visit? Can we cook food? What are the things that we can do to help moms in that sort of situation? Yeah, I think it varies depending on, you know, the person and the personality. For me, I'm normally a person that like wants my people around me. And when that happened, I didn't want to talk to anybody, like not even my best friend, because I felt like if I had to repeat the bad things the doctors were telling me over and over again, I just couldn't handle that. 
So, um, but meals, my friends all did meals and that was the most helpful thing for us because our medical bills had us incredibly broke. So it was really helpful for the grocery budget and we were just so tired and, um, you know, a lot of hospital food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what my friends did is they put a big cooler on my porch and they, people would come and drop off freezer meals. Um, and I thought it was such a sweet gift in, in two ways, you know, in the fact that they were feeding us, which was so helpful. And the fact that they didn't force me into hostessing or entertaining or talking before I was ready. They just really loved me well from afar. And I appreciated that they recognized what my needs were and still served me in a way, you know, that was loving. That's so good because, you know, even as a new mom, not in such an incredibly stressful situation, it was always a little hard to be like, okay, somebody's bringing dinner at this time and we need to kind of be dressed and looking nice and Mm -hmm. the house. I got to pick up the house before they get here. Right. Right. I love that idea. That's so, that's so good, especially when you're in such a long season of it. Um, You know, it's not like it was just for a couple of weeks. It was for, you know, almost half of an entire year. Yes. So. It was really, it was such a a generous thing of them because I know that they, they wanted to talk to me, you know, and spend time with me. And so it was very giving of them to, to do that for us. Okay. So I want to ask you a few questions. Um, we can call this a lightning round if you want to. (laughs) Yes. Love this. Always wanted to do one of these. Okay. Well, you are now officially doing a lightning round mainly because I'm curious as to what other people like and read and listen to. So what is your current favorite song? Oh, current favorite. I don't know the name of it. I think it's called Exhale by Plum. Okay. Very nice. I did also see that you are a fan of the fight song. Oh, yes. That one's been on repeat a lot around here lately. <laughs> nice. Okay. You're, what book are you currently reading? Uh, I'm currently reading For the Love by Jen Hatmaker. Oh. I got an early copy of that one, and it's really good. Nice. I love Jen Hatmaker. You, you know, when I, I often have listened to a couple of her books on audiobook. Um, well, no, I take that back. I listened to one, uh, I think it was seven, on audiobook. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, that is the absolute worst idea to do because <laughs> I listen to audiobooks while I'm running, but it is impossible to run and laugh hysterically at the same time. <laughs> and I would look like this mad woman. I'd be like just kind of running along and then I'd kind of stop and double over laughing because I just couldn't, I couldn't keep running. So for those of you listening, there's my little tidbit of advice. Read Jen Hatmaker, listen to her, but don't try to do it while you're running. <laughs> you, it's hard to breathe. Yeah, especially not the new one because I would say it's even funnier than seven. Oh, my goodness. So. Oh, well, I'm super excited about that. Okay, so what is what would be a recommended mom resource for moms? Oh, recommended resource. Um, let's see. I loved our rock and play sleeper. I was a huge fan of that. And um, just because it was so lightweight and easy to carry around. And then I also really love the apps for um, remembering which side to nurse on. (laughs) You know, like your phone app, like to set when you need to nurse and do pumps and which side to nurse on and all that kind of stuff. I thought those were super helpful. We have, we are, you are in your early 30s. I am heading out of my 30s. It's amazing how much technology has changed because I had like a scrap piece of paper <laughs> right. that I would like etch something on in the middle of the night because I couldn't see because I don't think I even had, I don't even think I had a cell phone like when, I mean, I had a cell phone, but you know, not like the nice ones that light up so nicely. Yeah. Now. So, so okay. those would be my, what's new mom resource, like regular mom resources like Starbucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like now <laughs> it's coffee. 
Awesome. Yeah. Coffee makes a happy mom, at least for me in early in the morning. Um, okay. So where can people find you? Where can they find your book? Um, I'm at KaylaAmy.com, and the book is everywhere right now. It's Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's in Walmart, which is crazy. Um, so Do you take excited. pictures? Do you, oh, do yes. You I take a pictures? lot of selfies of myself <laughs> next to my book and the random places that I find it. So it's just slightly awkward, I'm sure, for the other people who are <laughs> shopping, trying to buy bread. And I'm like, that's my book. Maybe you want that <laughs> with your sandwich. I don't know. Uh, so... And, um, and then we have a website called anchoredhopebook.com. So, and you can find out a lot more about the book there. Awesome. And your blog is? It's kaylaamy.com. And you spell Amy, A-I-M-E-E, correct? Yes. That was my parents doing. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> well, no, that's actually great. I, I, my only um, question, when, when I first saw your name somewhere, I think somebody tweeted it. Uh, there's a, another blogger who's a food blogger, and I met her for the first time, and I called her Amy, but she's French, or she's Canadian, French-Canadian, and so her name was actually Ami, and it was one of those kind of really embarrassing situations where I so confidently said her name, and then apparently it's kind of a thing because everybody mispronounces her name, and so when I saw your name, I had to, I had to actually had to go to your website and listen to your video. Or where did I hear it? <laughs> I, I had to check somewhere to be sure of how to say your name. So Kayla K A Y L A, and then Amy A I M E E dot com is your website. And are you do you like prefer Instagram, Facebook? What social media place do you like people to follow you? Oh yeah, I love Facebook. I'm just Kayla Amy on Facebook too, and um, I love chatting with people there. It's such a great it's such a great way to like have conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot of time there. Fantastic. Maybe too much time there, like everyone else <laughs> <Yes>. on Facebook. <laughs> Well, Kayla, it was wonderful, wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your story. And I know that uh, Scarlett is in the other room enjoying some Sesame Street. So um, I hope you enjoy going and watching a little bit of Cookie Monster and hanging out with her today. Yes, yes. It'll be a good day. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Kayla. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. Gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercy.
my thoughts Obey Jesus to walk